previously on Masks and Mayhem. There's this gang that's kind of always, kind of always been in the North End here. The Blue Cross Gang, it's getting real, making some big moves. It's going to causing a lot of problems for the neighborhood. And then you see the fourth guy, the one that Ruby hadn't seen. And he's like a little gaunt looking, taller dude. And every time he talks, though, you can see that he has like a distinct gold tooth. Myra runs back up and updates the team. Ruby, when she says gold tooth, that's what triggers a memory for you. You're fairly certain, given the voice and given the tooth, this is the guy who mugged you last year. Wait, did you say RCI? Yeah, why? Oh, I, uh, I, I worked there for a little bit myself before I got the, the security job with the convention center. You know, I was, that was more of a temp gig, but before that I was at RCI for a little bit. Oh, wow, what'd you think of it? Nice, you know, there's so much, like, walled-off stuff between the different divisions, it felt kind of shady, so I was kind of happy to get out of there eventually. And then Austin texts you and says, So are you going to be there 10 o'clock on Friday? And I'm going to say, uh, sure, but I also told the officer that showed up about it, just in case. Yeah, Davis isn't going to do anything with it. The snow on the ground is mostly melted now in Riverside City, but the bitter cold is still sweeping the streets. Ruby, your alarm goes off, having forgot to turn it off after getting back late last night. What do you do? Uh, I hate alarm clocks. So do you actually, does, does Ruby use an actual alarm clock? That's a worthwhile question. No, it's just her phone, but still she hates it. All right, and so the sun is out. We're talking, like, around, like, uh... Well, actually, you know, that's a great question. What time does Ruby normally get up, given that she kind of makes her own schedule? I'd say she tries to get up between, like, 9 to 10. All right, so we'll say that, yeah, your alarm's going off. You know, you finally... It's been going off for a while, most likely. Mm-hmm. you finally woken up. It's around, like, 9.30. And I uh, just kind of look at it and go, I guess I should get up. And you were out fighting crime last night. We're talking the next day, the aftermath yeah. of taking down that Blue Cross gang, finding out a little bit about that upcoming super drug sale. Uh, I guess... I guess I should get up. Uh, I guess I'm gonna go up and see if the shower's open. So you head towards, you know, the get in the bathroom. You don't hear Bethany at all. So I will... I get in the shower. All right, so like you're getting ready for the day and everything. Mm-hmm. And about the time you get out of the shower, uh, your phone buzzes a few times. Okay, is it like a call or a text message? Text message. Okay, who's it from? Uh, you're getting a text from Austin. Hey, are you awake? I want to meet. Um, 
Oh, I'm saying, yeah, just give me a moment. I just woke up. And then he just texts back, all right, when you're ready, I'm on the roof. I was going to go, how do our detective of you? All right, so what else do you do to get ready for the day? Get dressed, brush hair, brush teeth, that kind of thing. Maybe I grab, like, I don't know, if there's, like, a granola bar or something, grab that. Um, And then, I guess, head to the roof. Even though he knows where I live. It's gonna be like that kid in, uh, what's it, Clarissa Explains It All, that, like, he only enters through the window. And they're like, why? You're in the second floor of a three-story apartment. So when you get to the top, like, the top floor, there's another set of stairs, and there's a rooftop access, and it's just slightly ajar. Okay, so I I go to the roof. When you open up the door, he's just, like, in regular civilian gear, leaning up against the ledge, fiddling around on his phone. Do you ever just knock on people's doors and ask to come in? (laughs) And he ponders for a moment and goes, I mean, I'm just not used to, like, including someone in this side of myself. Okay. But that's fair. I mean, I can just knock on your door next time, I guess. <laughs> I was like, is this colder on the roof than it would be in my apartment? I just want to point out. I assume Ruby grabbed the coat over the top of the building in a, like, northeast city. Yeah, where the snow is just melting. Yeah. Look, Ruby's from Texas. She gets cold. He, and he kind of just shrugs. He goes, no, no, no you, got a, you got a good point. There was a reason I brought you up here, though. Are you, uh, am I interrupting anything? Do you have plans? Did I have editing plans? That's up to you. I said I'm supposed to do some editing in the afternoon, but I'm free right now. When I texted you last night, you know, I kind of bailed, I kind of bailed at the end when, uh, after we captured the Blue Cross gang. I noticed. And I just, I knew. All right. I, I feel like this is the kind of thing I just want to show you and not just tell you. So, can you just, like, hitch a ride on my back, and I'll show you? Hitch a ride on my back? (laughs) It seemed better than, like, carrying her. I'm sorry, for the record, are you offering me a piggyback ride? What's happening? Yes, because I can can jump a lot faster than I can walk anywhere. Fine, this might as well happen. I mean, you can, if you really want to, you can force the issue about- (laughs) No, I refuse! Ruby's just, like, give it in. Like, fine. Make sure, make sure her clothes or something that will stay on while, like, a piggyback ride. So, yeah, what what is, what is she wearing? I think she threw on, like, a long-sleeve dress, uh, some, either some, like, stockings or leggings or something, and, like, some boots and a coat. So you hit your piggyback ride, and Austin suddenly leaps into the air, like, a hundred feet. Oh. I'm king of the world! Woohoo! <laughs> and he comes kind of gliding back down on a rooftop before immediately jumping again. And so now, like, within two leaps, you've already gone, like, a block. Hold on tight, spider monkey. I was thinking it, but I didn't want to say it. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to bring Twilight into this universe. I don't want to curse it. Can I, can I do it? That's it, I quit. Too late, I did it. It's done. It's canon. Alright, within a minute or so, you've gone a couple blocks. You're looking down at one of the police precincts in the north end. Austin, like, sets you down, like, gently. Sorry, didn't- hope that wasn't awkward. <laughs> I was like, it's fine. I mean, you didn't comment on my t- sweet Titanic ref, but- Um, sorry, I wasn't expecting- I didn't realize that the Titanic reference was actually something that Ruby was saying. Oh, 
Oh, Ruby references everything. Of course it was. Yeah, but so does Rachel. That's hard to draw the line. And you're both sitting there. He kind of leans up against another ledge. And you're looking down. And he says, just give it another minute. And it's pretty cold out. But as you're looking down at the police precinct, you see two people walking out. And one of them is Officer Davis from last night. The officer who arrested the uh, couple of criminals that you apprehended. And the one walking next to him, walking as a free man in the bright light of day, is Elliot Ainsley, Goldtooth, the man who mugged you last year, and member of the Blue Cross Gang. Why are they together? And as you look down, the two kind of do like a little fist bump and part ways. God damn it. Why can't real police be like Brooklyn Nine-Nine? And, and Austin kind of just looks at you. See what I mean? Things are getting rougher on the North End, and just... There was a reason that Davis is the one who showed up last night. Is he, like, part of the gang, or is he just helping them out? I don't know. I really don't. And I just don't know who, like, who which who I can trust on the force anymore. Yeah. Was it Officer Winslow? <laughs> is that his name? Yeah, but he works... He doesn't work around here. Right, right. He doesn't work in the North End. He works in yeah. the downtown area. Where the, where the family matters? Where the family matters. <laughs> the only officer I have any kind of relationship doesn't work in this area. There's an officer named Winslow in downtown. Heard of him. Never worked with him. Think he can be trusted? He was the one who uh, helped me when that dude mugged me. All right, then. On that note, we're going to switch over to Myra. Uh, Myra, I need you to roll me a will save. Ooh. Coming in hot. 19 plus 9 is 28. All right, so you're tossing and turning a little bit. Well, it's around 10 a.m., and the loud buzzing of your phone wakes you. And you're getting a phone call. Oh, who is it? It is Agent Kevin Lewis. Hello? Myra, it's Lewis. Where are you? You were supposed to be here half an hour ago. Oh, my God, I... Did not realize, and I forgot to set my alarm at the right time. I'll be right there. And then, I'm I'm immediately there. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do? Because, like, you just woke up. I, like, put on my suit and bolt. Uh, well, Mo is sleepily walking in the door as you rush out, and you move so fast that you, like, whip his hair around. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, I do a double take, and I come back, and... Mo, what, what are you doing here? I, I was just... I was just getting home from work. Do you- I, I feel like you shouldn't be standing around here in just your suit. You should go. Uh, okay. I guess I'll talk to you later. Alright. Bye. Bye. Alright, and you zip over across town mm-hmm. to Union Echo Base. Mm-hmm. When you arrive, I was say, do you give them any notice that you're, like, incoming? I was late. I, I had to hurry. Nope. Sorry. So when you arrive, then, you have to- you know, you get you get there, you open the door, you flash your badge uh, at the security guard guy to right. get through, and you zip on up over to Lewis's desk. Mm-hmm. And he looks a little nervous when you arrive. Uh, he kind of swipes a few things on his tablet and looks up and he goes, oh, good, you're, okay, cool, cool. Myra, I just need you to keep calm and cool and act like you've been here for a little while, okay? Uh, what's happening? And right as uh, you say that, Deputy Director Zachary Ramos walks in. Okay. Miss Hassan, good to see you. Nice to see you, too. I assume your training is going well today? 
Um, yeah, uh, it's fantastic. Excellent, excellent. Well, I'm just making the morning rounds. And he looks at Lewis. Mr. Lewis, we will be having the morning meeting in about an hour. And Lewis looks at him and just nods and goes, yes, sir. And he strolls on out. How'd I do? (laughs) Well, we're a bit of a spy organization, so I guess keeping secrets is a little bit of a part of it. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Ramos is just a stickler for the rules, though, and and being on time, and he knows everyone's schedule. I'm so sorry I was late. I completely forgot to fix my alarm. My bad. It's okay. It's okay. You know, say it wasn't that much. I just, like, you're the most prompt person I know. (laughs) I figured it was a little off. Definitely a mistake. It won't happen again. Good, good. Is there anything in particular that you want to work on training today? Um, hold on. Out of character. Yeah. What were what were my new points that I added? It was. This isn't related to that. You can have it be whatever. This is just this is an open ended question. If you wanted to know, it was investigation. uh, I believe intimidation and persuasion. Right. Can I be trained in that? I think that's more of like uh, you know you got to read the habits of highly successful people and. Okay. Okay, back in character. (laughs) That's more of a personal thing, I think. Okay. Let's do some combat stuff. Well, you know, Frank left, but have you... I don't think you've had a chance to meet with Jeremy, his replacement. No, I don't think so. How dare you replace Frank? <laughs> the audacity. I mean, he'll never be the same as Frank, but... No. No, no, and, I, and Frank will be back eventually, but... Yeah, Jeremy Price, he's coming over from one of our uh, one of our European outposts. Okay. Great, another accent for Robert to use. <laughs> <laughs> What outpost is he coming from? Or can I? Can we throw ideas at you? Oh, actually, um, give me one second. Kazakhstan. Borat, go. Did you say Kazakhstan? He's Listen, you all are assuming that I was going to do an accent and that I wasn't just going to be like, fuck it. Listen, you always do accents. It's, I think it's a fair assumption to make. You know, to be fair, I do have uh, Delta Base listed as just Europe. <laughs> so I have not said as to where it is. His name is Jeremy Price, if you need to know. I mean, that, I'm trying to sound like where, like what country that sounds like would be from, but England. It sounds like yeah, it's from England. In, yeah, <laughs> like, England. Pip, pip, cheerio. Oh, my. Oh, goodness. no. Oh, no. Do I need to do, like, a Cockney accent? No, no, Have it speak like that and I automatically have everyone be like, so, we all know he's faking that accent, right? Like. Oh, dear, do it. And, like, the moment we're alone, I'm just gonna, like, turn to Myra and be like, what was that accent? <laughs> No, the best part is Yardak thinking that's what a real British person sounds like. <laughs> and we're just like, no, Yardak, no. Pip, cheerio, spots of tea. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, the no. worst. <laughs> I can't even do a cockney. I've been trying, I'm like, in my, in, I'm trying to internalize it. I said he was from one of our European bases. I didn't say he himself was European. I mean, fair, but this is the first time we've met someone who's from a base outside the US, so. So let's back up, and you, uh, so I don't believe you've had a chance to meet, uh, Jeremy Price, Frank's replacement, right? Um, I don't believe I have. Alright, he's coming over from Delta Base in Europe, but he should be able to get the horns running for you. Okay. Head on down to engineering, I'll let him know. Alright, sounds good. So you get down to engineering, and you walk up to the door to engineering, and what do you do? I use my key card to try opening the door. And it buzzes you in, and the door opens real quick, 
and you suddenly see a tall, uh, like, silver-haired man look over at you, and he looks a little surprised, and how do you react? Uh, Mr. Price? Oh, yes, hello. Hi, um, I heard that you have replaced Frank? Yes, Jeremy Price, I'm with Union Engineering. Okay, um, so I guess it's gonna be you who's training me from now on. Yes, yes. You want to run the holographic simulator? Yeah, I was hoping to do some combat training today. Okay. Anything in particular? Um, I just want to, like, hone my skills and, like, be more accurate. And and your name again? Myra. Oh, yes, the speedster, right? Correct. Also known as Hyperact. Alrighty, Hyperact. Well, give me a second, and he taps a few things on his tablet. I think I have something that will be up to your abilities. All right. And on that note, we're going to switch over to Yardak. Hit me, yo boy. <laughs> Yardak. Well, what did you do after last night? After last night's activities? After last night, I went home, gave a call back home to Atlantis, chatted for a bit with Yardamo, and then went to sleep. Okay. How does uh, Atlantean time work in comparison? Like, is it an equivalent time zone being in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean, or...? No, I thought when you were like, how does time work? I'm like, it's not a different dimension. <laughs> well, no, but I mean, there's no there's no sunlight by which to tell time, and so, like, you know, was, was Yardama awake? Did you wake him up? No, he was, uh, it was nighttime there as well. Like, there might not be, like, all the light that reaches to the bottom, but, like... The sunlight changes temperature of the ocean throughout the day, and okay, it's subtle, but we notice. It keeps a relatively similar time schedule from what, what you're saying. Yes, we have day and night, but it's kind of superfluous. So you're just waking up then at 10 a.m. as well? I got up uh, a little bit before then. I'm more of a morning person. Even after being out so late? Yeah, once you're into that schedule, it's just kind of stuck with you. So I've been up since about 7.38. What have you been up to in that time? Started the morning slow, had breakfast, swam around the bay for a while. Uh, now I'm just kind of making my way into town, walking. Suddenly, your phone begins to buzz. Your little foot phone. <laughs> my little Nokia brick. Uh, oh no! I, I sound. I thought we. I thought it was a brick. Oh, is it a brick? Okay, so yeah, your little. I don't no- remember. We're gonna say you have a Nokia brick. So your little Nokia starts buzzing. <laughs> uh, hello. Yardak, it's Ruth. Oh, Ruth, what's happening? What's going on? I, I just realized I never contacted you last night. I was talking to Myra uh, when we were all at the bar. Yeah, what uh, what did you learn? Uh, nothing. Well, nothing exactly. But she mentioned that her brother works for RCI, the, the Red Crystal International, the storage division. Yeah. And I had to look into it a little bit, but RCI is definitely, it's like a subsidiary of Wagner. Oh, they're, so Wagner even has his hands in RCI? I mean, like, like. You know, nothing, I don't know if it's anything directly, but like he can't. It's it's his company. Like there's that there's a path forward there because you said you wanted to like find ways to like get more in the roots. Yeah. So now uh, maybe we might be able to get some information from Mo. Maybe. Yeah, he's not like a higher up person, but I mean, we it's a man on the inside at least. Exactly, and I I mean I only worked for them for a little bit, but I can say like. Shady place, right? Yeah. 
It always seems to come there. Stuff always seems to happen at RCI. Didn't know what to do next, but I wanted to make sure like you knew about that. I don't know if that's something like to talk to Union about or what, but. Well, Union uh, doesn't really care about Wagner at this point in time. They basically told me that I'm sort of on my own with the investigation. So it's kind of up to us about what we do. We might be able to wrangle Mo into it, but I know he's he lives with Myra still, and you know she has her own stuff going on, and it all depends on what Mel would like to do. Okay, all right. Well, uh, just keep me in the loop and what I can help with. I'll definitely keep it in mind, and maybe even mention it to Myra when I see her too. All right, sounds good, boss. All right, I'll talk to you later, Ruth. All right, bye. Uh, so what do you do next? What are you, like, you said you were going into town. What's going on? Yeah, I didn't really have any plans so far for the day, so I was just kind of moseying about and getting the lay of the land still. What are you, since we've talked about it in previous episodes, what are you looking to do now, you know, with Ula Bryn pushing you and, and Bullard pushing you to try to be more in your role as an ambassador? What is Yardak trying to do? Uh, I mean, even small things like this would help that, getting to be more seen around the town, uh, meeting the citizens, trying to, since I'm already kind of well known from being uh, on the news and such like that, then making, being seen and not a battle scenario kind of helps. <laughs> <laughs> hey y'all, it's your favorite Game Master RC here again. Uh, sorry this episode is like a day late. I've been like super sick and I kind of just needed some time to get myself situated. But uh, anyway, I'm back at it and honestly, <laughs> this might be my favorite episode to have recorded, so I, I hope you're loving it too. Uh, I'm going to plug the Indiegogo campaign for the short film Meanwhile again, because they need your help. For those who didn't catch it last week, here's a quick breakdown. Graphic designer David Rafferty has always been a homebody. He loves Philadelphia, he loves his art, but his job, designing pamphlets for a local medical company, has been nothing short of miserable. The only thing that gets him by is the support of his best friend Brooke, and the modest success of his passion project webcomic. After the comic picks up some buzz, a local shop offers shelf space, and David and Brooke jump at the chance to self-publish his dream. But when David gets an opportunity to take a job as a layout designer at a DC publishing company, David must face the prospect of leaving his best friend, his city, and the only world he's really known. And I want to just tell you guys again, it's going to be a really cool little film. One of the perks even includes a real-life, full 24-page graphic novel that introduces Mistress Mask, the character of the webcomic that David creates in the movie. Meanwhile is being made by some friends of the show, and again, I'd really appreciate if you would go and support them. Even $5 could make all the difference. You can find them by searching for Meanwhile, the movie and comic collaboration on Indiegogo, or by following the link on our website at masksandmayhem.com support. Anyway, uh, let's get back to the game. Ruby, you are back. We are you're still on top of that rooftop looking down as Goldtooth strolls away, free in the light of day. I've rhymed there and I didn't try to do that. <laughs> this keeps happening to me. I keep rhyming. Anyway, what do you do? I feeling very angry and I'm kinda of fuming a little bit and I'm just like, Oh, we just caught him too. This is how he was out, out even though he mugged multiple people last year. And Austin just kind of goes, hmm, so what are we going to do about it? I don't know. I'm not used to not being able to trust the authorities. 
I'm just going to be like, how is the spy organization I work with more trustworthy than the police? Because they operate independent of any bureaucracy? I I'm, mean, just shoot- I'm just shooting in the dark right here. Maybe. I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how to bring down this guy without having a place to, like, put him when we capture, like, when he's captured. All right. Well, all I know right now is that when we talked to him, he told us, like, when the deal was going down, but we never actually found out where it was going down. And if we can't trust the police to take care of it, it's up to us, isn't it? Yeah. Do we have a way we could track him? And he kind of just, like, pats at his pockets. He said, I didn't really come prepared to do, like, like spy stuff. That's not my foray. I usually just, you know, punch guys and ask questions. What a man. And not always in that order. Do we... I'm trying to think of a plan. Okay. You know what? Right now, I'm going... I'm assuming there's, like... Uh, I'm just going to text Yardak and Myra and be like, By the way, the cop from last night seems to be working with that gang. And I don't know if they're going to answer me back right now, but I'm just like, I feel like they should know because they were there when he, when he caught him. Yeah. All right. I don't know. I guess we need to figure out where this deal is happening. Do you know a way to figure that out? Remember, I just said punching people and asking questions. So that's what I got right now. I. You're not useful right now, dude. Fuck him up. But if we like mess with him now we're not gonna find out when the deal is or where the deal is unless like one of us wants to just go grab him in broad daylight and hope no one notices uh you said you can make things with your powers right yes do you think you could recreate my suit yeah i can all right i make his suit and i make my mask okay and he kind of just slips that on over top of his regular clothes now uh by this point you know it's like Closer to noon, you know, sun's high in the sky. And he says, you know, I could jump down, grab him, and jump back up. Okay, you know what? Go for it. I mean, I'm open to those suggestions. I don't have any, so, like, let's see how this goes. Alright, so, a moment, just a few moments later, like, uh, Goldtooth kind of, like, walks a little bit underneath where you guys are, and... Austin jumps down, lands behind him, like, kind of full Nelsons him, and then jumps right back up. He what's him? Yeah, I was gonna say it. Is, is, is full Nelson the right thing? Where you, like, go underneath someone's arms and behind their neck? Oh, I don't know wrestling I references know. or whatever that was. No, I don't, I, don't, I don't know if that's a wrestling thing necessarily. Dan, help me out. I, I got nothing. Do you even know? Can you think of what I'm describing? Yes, I know what you're describing. I just I didn't can, know. I, can, I know what you're describing. Yeah, so, like, you reach underneath their armpits and, like, lock your hands behind their head. Okay. So he jumps down, grabs him, and immediately just, like, jumps and hoists him back up uh, and drops him on the ground in front of the two of you. He went to the top of the building and then threw him to the ground? No, he he, he took him to the top of the building. Oh, I was like, oh, murder? <laughs> no, he dropped, he dropped him, like, sorry... He dropped down to the ground, grabbed him, jumped back up to the rooftop, and, like, just pushed him over onto the roof. So that he's, like, on the gr- on his knees in front of you. Uh, hello. I don't think we finished our conversation last night. Ooh, what a badass. Can I roll- can I roll an intimidate? Oh, hell yeah, you can. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I did not intimidate him. 
I rolled in that one. You oh god. Do you want to use your hero point right now? Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> okay. No oh I rolled a nineteen. So twenty-three. Twenty-three? Mm-hmm. Oh, of all the times they get a nat one. At least it wasn't during combat. True. Well, I'm like, if imagine if I used to that one, I would have, like, tripped and landed on him. Alright, well, let's see. Oh, wow. Uh, alright, so you are, you're trying to undermine, undermine his confidence? Mm-hmm. So he, he flips over, like, and he kind of, like, scampers away from you guys a little bit, and he's like, holy crap. You didn't tell us where the deal was happening last night, just when we need a little bit more information. And and he throws up his hands like, whoa, 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 I, you know, these deals change all the time. I'm, I'm reformed now, in fact. I've decided to turn over a new leaf, you see. Yeah, um, this is at least the second time you've been to jail, so I don't believe you. Well, sometimes, it, you know, it, it takes a few tries to stick, you know? Also, I talked to you yesterday. Criminal justice system changing real fast these days. Your brain changing real fast. I I said criminal justice system. I, oh, I thought you meant like uh, how he got out of jail so quick. Sorry. No, I meant like he's like I reformed. I was like I talked to you yesterday. A lot can happen in in checks watch. Just twelve hours. Has it even been twelve hours? Let's see. It's around noon, so it's been it's been like nine or ten hours. <laughs> It hasn't even been 12 hours, dude. Yeah, I thought really long and hard about who I've become, and I just think, you know, I need to change my ways if I want to make anything of my life. Well, if you're changing your ways, what does it matter if you tell us where the stupid drug deal is? Alright, so you see, when you join the Blue Cross Gang, you're always a member of the Blue Cross Gang, and members of the Blue Cross Gang don't snitch. What, like you, like the only rule about Fight Club is you don't talk about Fight Club? Come on, dude. And I've done very well about not talking about my fight club, thank you very much. Now I've broken that rule. I mean, can she tell if he really has a fight club? Because I'm concerned he might actually be part of a fight club. Uh, I'm going to need you to roll insight. <laughs> okay. Uh, 21. You're pretty sure he might actually have a fight club. Like, the Blue Cross gang might have a fight club. <laughs> Do there's actually a fight club, isn't there? I just look at um at Hornet and be like, we should take care of that next. And and Austin has been just keeping very silent, like crossed arms, trying to look intimidating and just nods. Are only gang members part of this fight club? Or like are you putting like innocent people in, in here? I'm sc- I'm concerned. <laughs> Sorry, one second, I just wasn't expecting I wasn't expecting this fight club tangent to go as long as it has. <laughs> <laughs> Blue Cross Gang gets new members all the time. Okay, whatever. Just tell us what the stupid drug deal is. I guess I, I didn't roll a persuasion. You roll persuasion? Okay. Uh-huh. Ooh, I rolled the 19 again. I actually, I, 25. Well, how, how do you go about persuading him? Look, dude, if you're really serious about turning over a new leaf, this is the first step. You gotta try to, like, rid yourself of your gang ties and your criminal past. Lady, I, I was mostly being sarcastic. I'm not, I'm not really looking to turn over a new leaf. 
You've you've persu- you've intimidated and persuaded him, so he's at least going to be honest with you. <laughs> Austin looks at you. Do you want me to try something? And he cracks his knuckles. Yeah, I'm gonna look at Elliot and be like, "You don't want me to let him use his ways of getting you to talk." And he looks Austin up and down, and he goes, "He don't look so tough." I'm gonna try to intimidate him again with something. I'm going to generate a crowbar and be like, "What if he had this?" Uh, roll intimidation. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Assume you've already generated the crowbar. That part wasn't hard. Yeah. Uh, not as, not quite as intimidating. Uh, nineteen. Lady, I've been hitting the face with with a hammer, and he kind of and he kind of rubs his jaw as he's saying it. I. Weird. Weird, weird choice of weapon. And so, like, when, when you have the crowbar, what are you doing with it? Uh, she's just kind of casually holding it. Like, she's gonna, like, hand it off to Hornet. And so, Ainsley rubs his jaw as he's pondering the crowbar and his experience being hit with a hammer. Uh, I... Alright, it's on 5th and Jackson. It's gonna be 315 Jackson Street near the near uh, 5th Street. Thank you. No, see, that wasn't that hard. And I just make the... And then I just make the crowbar disappear. And he kind of, like, jumps back at that. Like, not... Like, he just kind of, like, fidget, fidgets just a little bit when the crowbar disappears. Suddenly, uh, Austin reaches down and grabs him by the ankle and hoists him up and just kind of holds him uh, over the ledge. I was looking at Austin like, what the fuck, dude? Anything else we need to know about that about that deal? Anything we need to worry about? And Ainsley's just kind of freaking out, like, "Oh no, what? No, I told you everything. It's going to be at 10 p.m. tomorrow night." Th- thanks, thanks. And I'm, and I'm madly like, "Put him down! Like, what the hell?" And Austin just kind of like he like turns and starts like almost gently putting him down, but like six inches from the ground, just drops him. <laughs> and Ainsley's just like, "Ah, oh, oh my shoulder." Okay, thanks, dude. And I'm. Just- Gonna, like, shrug, like, again, what the fuck, at Austin. And Austin shrugs back at you. Could have been a trap. Could have been lying. Okay, just try to... Less crime, dude. Less crime. Less to Elliot. Just less crime, dude. Less crime. And he nods and goes, less crime. Less crime. <laughs> and I was just gonna say, we, we should get out of here to Austin. Is there a way, for the record, is there a way off this rooftop? Besides, like, jumping? Uh, there's a, yeah, there's a fire escape. Okay, good on the fire escape, dude. And he goes, yeah, yeah, and he just starts slowly climbing his way down. Okay, um, let, let's go, Dawson. Are we heading, where are we going? Let's just, it's almost there, let's just go back to my apartment. And he, uh, and you get up on his back again, and he just jumps away. Myra, you're, you're doing your training, basically... For the training, he's having you fight holographic Geminis. Oh. Okay. Uh, so, and we're talking, like, multiple Geminis. Why would he do that? Because Gemini can copy your powers. But I like her. Yeah, but he thought it would be more intimidating than just copies of yourself. I don't, I don't want to fight her. And I miss her, so now I'm sad. Alright, Sam, I need you to roll some, uh, I need you to roll two unarmed combat checks. Okay. 
Okay, so the first one is 23. Okay. And the second one is 13. Yes. Okay. Two Geminis come rushing at you, like, at your speed. Mm -hmm. You're able to duck underneath when they try to, like, they try to, like, they put their arm out to try to just, like, basically, like, knock you over as they run by. Uh, and you're able to duck underneath that, and you sock one straight in the stomach. Okay, like, at the- while I'm ducking? Yeah, you sock the one straight in the stomach, and that Gemini hologram doubles over, and you do another punch right, uh, like, uppercut. Uh-huh. And she goes flying and lands on the ground and smashes into, like, a light- a light show. Oh, okay. So the other one- when she comes back around, you go to swing at her, and you, like, miss because she ducks out of the way, and she, uh, make a fortitude save. Oh. Or sorry, not fortitude, a uh, toughness save. 23. So you miss hitting her, and she just, like, does, like, a couple, like, four quick jabs into your side. <sighs> and you're not, like, really hurt, but you're winded by it. Makes sense. All right, what do you do next? Um, what all, what else is happening? Like, she's, she's still right there. I was gonna say, you kind of worked your way through the rest of them. She's the... She's the last one. Exactly. Okay, so, how would I beat my own self? I'll say, how do you fight someone who's just as fast as you? Because I can't be faster, so I gotta be smarter. Does, do the clones have, like... Gemini's personality, or... Not really. They're just kind of like, you know... Fight machines. Okay. Exactly. Price could have done any anyone, because it's holograms, and he chose Gemini, both for the copying of the powers and just for the, you know... For the torture. Emotional torture. <laughs> the psychological aspect of having to fight those Your you work friend. with. Do I know where I am? Yeah, you're actually... Uh, the fight is actually in your own home. In my own home. Okay. So, I definitely know this place, because I live here. Yeah, so it's a two-story, it's a two story, uh, you know, two-story regular house, and you're in the living room right now. In the living room. Okay. And it's... And it's not a perfect recreation, because, like, they're not in your house, but, like, you know, the layout is the same. There's some pictures of your family. Okay, what is the floor in this hologram of my living quarters? In the, in the living room, it's going to be uh, hardwood floors. Beautiful. Uh, what slips on hardwood? Um, uh, marbles and liquids and... Oh, yeah, no, I totally have, like, a thing of marbles because I have, like, artificial, like, um, succulent plant-type things that have, like, marbles in the pots. Okay. So, like, I grab some marbles and I, like, throw them at her feet. All right, and you're trying to trip her up with this? Yes. Roll deception. Okay, wow, I'm rolling good numbers. So, 14 plus 22. Okay, and Gemini goes to run at you, and she immediately starts, like, kind of cartoon wobbling on the marbles. Yay! So then I, like, grab her, and, like, while she's like, distracted by almost falling, and I, I, there's like a friggin', there's a coat rack 
with a coat on it, so I use that to, like, tie her up. Oh, okay. Alright, uh, make a- well, that's gonna be a grab check. I'm gonna need you to make a grab check. Ooh, 29. Alright, and now we need to make resisted strength checks, so roll and add your strength. Roll is two, so that's four. <laughs> you get a grip on her, but she immediately, like, uh, like you kind of grab both sides of her shoulders, but she immediately brings her arms up and splits them apart to, pu- to push your arms away. But she's still on top of the marbles, so is she still falling? No, you kind of steadied her, in fact, when you grabbed her. Damn it. Uh, and she immediately, uh, headbutts you. Make a toughness save. As someone who's been accidentally headbutted, ow. So, okay, 5 plus 14 is 19. Okay, she does, like, hit you, uh, but you kind of, like, rolled with it, so it didn't really hurt you that much. Okay. Like, again, it, it, it stings, but it's not, like, any lasting damage. Okay. So, basically, I failed at what I was trying to do. Yeah. What else do I have in my house? That I can win against. And sudden, actually, suddenly Price comes on the intercom and goes, Miss Hassan, are, are you looking to wrap this up anytime soon? Wow, I'm trying. And he just says, well, I mean, you, you worked your way through the other ones quite quickly, and now you've been dawdling. Frank would, Frank would never do this. Frank has done this. But he's nicer about it. Well, that's yeah. fair. You also knew him better. You liked him yes. better. I liked him immediately because he was just like Kowalski. Frank made, made face get at references. Frank is better. Anyway, back into character. I am not dawdling. I am trying very hard. This is difficult. And then I try to get my head back into the game. Because I'm a dedicated trainee person. Okay, what do you do? Um... Let's see. There is a glass of water that I left on the table, so then I try to, like, splash that on the floor where I see her coming. Well, she sees that this time, and actually runs backwards, gaining enough speed to run on the wall, onto the ceiling, and come back around you. Like in one of those matchbox cars. (laughs) <laughs> exactly like one of those matchbox cars except a person <laughs> and now she's behind you and she goes to tackle you so then in this case you're gonna well let me see what is what is your parry plus 10 uh 25 she actually slips on one of the marbles that, had that fallen, were already though, there that were already there uh when she came out came around and fell over to the side and, like, slides on the water. That's embarrassing. But she recovers. <laughs> so, like, so like she's kind of, like, in the three-point hero pose. What's that? It's, like, both feet crouching with one hand. Right, right, right. Okay. And usually, like, one hand in the like air. Like the Thor movie poster, one of them. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. She, she, land, she slips, recovers, and lands in one of those kind of poses. So then... I mean... I realize that this is not really my friend, so then I go and try to, like, knock her out. 
Okay, I will just remind you, like, if you extra effort, you can do things like your electricity or, you know, throw lightning. Just just giving you other options. Oh, right. I forgot to think about that. Because I'm still trying to get over that this person looks, this clone looks a lot like my good friend, who I thought was really cool. Um, yeah, let's throw lightning at her. Screw it. All right. Uh, make an attack check. Now, this is going to be an extra effort thing, because you're power stunting. 16 plus 5 is... Why can't I do math right now? Me, every day. 21? 21. Yeah. Describe to me what this looks like. Um, okay, so you said she was behind me? No, well now she, because she tried to tackle you and missed, and then she rolled and recovered, so she's still in front of you. Okay. I imagine that to get the lightning to throw... I'd need to, like, do some kind of build-up. Yeah, so how how does that build-up occur? So, and we're in my living room. Mm-hmm. So, Which is, like, a fairly decent-sized living room, but still a living room. I start by, like, going along the perimeter, and as I accelerate, then I go on the walls, like, sideways, on the whole. Okay. All four sides, until I've built up enough um, electricity, and then I sort of, like, stop... In the spot where I started, so that I have a direct throw straight at her. Alright. And, give me one second. It was a five damage, right? Yes. Okay. So yeah, the electricity flies out of your hand and goes right into her. And, like, she's covered in water right now. So she just starts sizzling a little bit. And then explodes into a bunch of holographic light. I win! Is that actually what yes, Myra says? Yes, Myra says that. And the hologram, the whole hologram of your house, like, fades away, leaving you in the white and yellow walls of the horns, and Mr. Price comes back on the, uh, on the intercom. Well done, Miss Hassan. Well done. Thank you. All right, I think I have some additional duties to attend to, but I think that will be enough for today. Um, perhaps, perhaps a little later, but ch- check with Agent Lewis, see if there's anything additional. All right, will do. Thank you. It was nice working with you. Likewise. All right, what do you do? Um, he said to check later, so I guess I oh, and noticed my... F- yeah? No, no, say what you were going to say. I was going to say I noticed my phone that I missed a text from Ruby. Bingo, that's actually what I was going to point out. Yeah. <laughs> so. All right, and by this point, it's like one o'clock. I'll say uh, Ruby's thing was around noon. It's like now around one o'clock. Okay. So I forget. What did Ruby send me? Oh, that the cop was working with the the gang. Oh, no. Um, Yeah. Okay, so then I text Ruby back, and I ask her if if she needs me. Um, I'm not sure yet. When is the the drug deal again? It's going to be tomorrow night at 10 p.m. I'm not sure if I need you right now, but we did find out where the drug deal that's going to apparently happen tomorrow is... What was the address again? 315 Jackson or Jefferson? Jackson. I think it was Jackson. 315 Jackson near 5th Street, right? So I might need you and your... I'm assuming this is all in a group chat. Sure. So I was like, I might I might need you, like both of your help tomorrow, like tomorrow night with that, because I don't know if I can handle that by myself. I could just say Hornet's a little unpredictable. All right. I'll plan to be there. Uh, so, Myra, after you finish that text, what do you do? 
Um, then I call my brother just to, just to check up on him. Okay. Hello, Myra? Hey, Mo. You ran out so quickly this morning. What happened? Yeah, um, I ha- I totally forgot that I had to be at work and I set set my alarm too late. But I just wanted to check in, see how you're doing. Things are going well. I, uh, you know, I, I just been working a lot of nights and luckily things have been so quiet I've been able to work on my studies. Um, let's say just putting in that grind. Have you been getting enough sleep, eating well, getting your active minutes? I mean, I've been getting my steps in. That's good. That's better than nothing. But, you know, I guess I, I could eat a little better. I could uh, cook a little more, I guess. Take some more breaks. Treat yourself. Yes, yes, of course. But I, but, but I have, uh, I've been excelling in my courses, and I think this semester will end very well. That's. I'll say I know. I know we just. I know we pretty much just started, but I think it will end well. I believe in you. Thanks. And everything's going well with you. Yeah. I'll say being late wasn't a problem. Yeah. No. I fortunately, I'm very good at making it on time. Okay. Well, I think I'm going to take another nap and uh, get back to the books. But thank you for calling. Awesome. No problem. I worry about you sometimes. Take care of yourself. I'm fine, but thank you. <laughs> All right, bye. Uh, and then what do you do? So after I hang up with my brother, then I go back to Agent Lewis's office. All right, you arrive at Agent Lewis's office, and he is actually standing in there with Deputy Director Ramos. Um. Okay, so I don't want to interrupt. You're already in the doorway, and they look up at you. Uh, I'll just, I can wait outside. Ramos looks at you. No, no, Miss Miss Hassan, please come take a seat. Okay, so then I go and do that. I was just reviewing some logs from this morning. He actually turns the tablet he's holding towards you, and it's a video of you running into the base. Um, yeah, I had to. I had a family emergency, so it took me a minute to make it to the base. Interesting, because Agent Lewis here said that he had sent you out this morning to check on something. So one, or both of you, are misleading me. (laughs) And Miss Hassan, I didn't realize being so fast meant that you ran on your own schedule. I'm really bad at at (laughs) confrontation. (laughs) And lying. Well, yeah. I mean, that was a a good attempt, at least. Uh, We're going to cut over to Yardak now. Okay. This week's Intel Drop is brought to you by Pope Brandon Brownson. The Alaward Society has acted for centuries as protectors of mystical items and guardians against dark sorcerers. Founded by the legendary Alaward Fletcher, he sought to teach others how to control their powerful abilities and act as a guide for how to responsibly use the mystic arts. When he died defending the Society's home base from a reincarnation of Hades, this left the rest of the members to continue his mission. Though they are few in numbers, the members of the Society have made more appearances in the recent decades with the rise in post-human threats. They have also begun a rivalry of sorts with the magical treasure-hunting Matera family. They also have a tenuous connection with their former student Mira the Mystic and are actively monitored by Union. This intel drop was brought to you by Pope Brandon Brownson. Looking for someone on YouTube to make you laugh, plus someone who creates original music and cool remixes? Well, the Pope of the Internet has you covered. You can find a link to their channel at masksandmayhem.com support. Alright, now let's get back to the game. Yardak, it's uh, it's a little after one o'clock, around the same time that Myra's being confronted at work. And what have you been doing for the past uh, like two hours that you didn't see your phone and respond to the group text? Um, well, yeah. Why aren't you responding to my text, Yardak? 
as I was walking around the city, I went to a bagel shop and got myself a bagel sandwich for lunch. Delicious. So does Yardak really love bagel sandwiches? Is that a... <sighs> yeah. That's canon. We don't have bread underwater. Of course he loves bagels. They might have some kind of bread. You don't know. I'm just kidding. That's fine. I was like, I, I'm the one who knows, Robert. <laughs> <laughs> you don't get to make up all of the Atlantean canon. But I'm going to go with that they have no bread and you really love bread. You have to cook it. There's no fires underwater. But regardless. All right. First off, they have forges to make it weapons. So they definitely have some kind of fire. <laughs> that you know of. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so yeah, I just want to know what Yard- so Yardak stopped at a bagel shop and got some bagel. What else did he do? You know, what took him, you know, that, that took a little while. What else took for the rest of his hour? Heck, I don't know. He then went to the library to see if he couldn't uh, use their computers because he doesn't have one to try to find some information on RCI like Ruth told him about. Okay. And so the librarian that was there uh, recognized you right away from the news and was like, super excited uh to help you out and she gave you a, a pass that you get onto the computers uh for as long as you need to hey but like just for today like you have to get the pass back at the end of the <laughs> session you know small favors yeah and so what do you search for what is it that you're googling uh well i'm not really adept with the human technology so i've just kind of generic searches of like Typing in RCI, typing in Wagner, and you know, like the generic combinations of Wagner and RCI, and seeing what pops up. Okay, uh, make a investigation check. Twenty-two. You find like some, like obviously there's a lot of legalese, but you find like some SEC filings that show that RCI is owned by a holding company named Blue Pacific, and that's owned by another holding company named Clinton Enterprises, and then that one is held by Wagner Industries. Yeesh. So, like, there's a couple layers between uh, RCI and Wagner directly, but it's definitely owned by him. Like, again, indirectly. Okay. And, you know, there's always, you know, of course, when you're just searching around for RCI and for Wagner, you know, you see job listings and you see uh, just generic information about the company. You know, the kind of pre goodness uh that lets you know like what their public face says like always leading the future in pharmaceuticals and things like that bet it is pharmaceuticals little buttholes and their pills and they give people powers i just don't understand why this isn't like such a big thing for uh union and then they told me basically to piss off <laughs> i mean if you want to you can contact someone at union and ask them that <laughs> maybe not in those exact words but <laughs> I'm going to talk to, uh, what's his face? The, uh, the one that Myra's with. Lewis. Yeah, Kevin Lewis. Okay. So what are you doing then? So, like, you're going to meet with him, or? I'm going to text him and say, I found some information that Union might be interested in regarding random citizens getting post-human powers spontaneously. Lewis says, yeah, come, come to the base, we can talk. You've been doing this research for a while now, and so now it's closer to one. When you went to text him, you finally see the group text. Yeah, that lead in. (laughs) Hey, I'm doing all right at this. So then I see the group text, and then uh, I'm going to reply to them and say, Sorry, I'm just seeing this. What's happening? What's going on? Myra's preoccupied, but Ruby can answer. I'm assuming that I've went back to my apartment and now, like, editing or something and just picking up. Yeah. 
I'm going to say we found out when and where the drug deal of those slam packs, but it turns out that cop that showed up seems to, like, I don't know if he's part of the gang or just, like, in their pocket, but he's apparently not trustworthy. And the dude was already out. Uh, The dude who mugged me last year was already out this morning, and we grabbed him for a second and were able to get the location and then let him go. And so then... uh... What kind of plan do we want to try to work out here? I mean, I'm going to say I probably definitely need your two help for the actual drug deal. I mean, do we know any, like, I don't know how much help Union would be right now. They didn't seem like they wanted to help that much with stuff recently. But I don't I don't know if there's, like, any police we can tell about this that we can trust that wouldn't, like, inform them and say, like, got to move the deal. Do we think we can involve Winslow? Do you think he would be able to help, I should say? I mean, he might be. I don't... I've only met him a couple times, but he's seemed, um, like, on the up and up every time I've talked to him. He seems to be from the, whatever the Brooklyn Nine-Nine equivalent of this, like, real-life police precinct is. The only kid cops in the city. Then I feel like we should get in touch with him and try to set up our own little sting operation. I think it probably sound best coming from you because you're an ambassador and I'm some random chick. He once, like... You did all meet him. You all, you all met him together oh, at, the, yeah. at the park. Carly exclamation point. I need a superhero name, but I still don't have one. Yeah, you're right. I'll give Winslow a ring then. Uh, then we can get the wheels in motion on this bad boy. And I just want to remind you, because this is so long ago... That the last time you all interacted with Winslow, you totally lied to him. About what? That you were like, oh, no, we didn't find the werewolf down here. Uh, you you guys can head out. And then they all left, and then Union showed up, and you handed off all Rick. Okay, but he doesn't know that we lied. I know, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just letting you know. Okay, but like, we called it a lot for us, but we're fine. Okay, I just... I Secret just government guys... agency. Sometimes you gotta lie. <laughs> Masks and mayhem. Sometimes you gotta lie. That's our tagline. Boom. That's our new tagline. Sometimes you gotta lie. Alright, so... You just finished uh, talking with... You're, you're texting with Ruby. What else are you are you doing, Yardak? It's still your turn. Yeah, okay. I'm on my way to Union Base to talk to Lewis so I can give him the information about RCI and Wagner. Okay. Uh, back to Myra. Yes. Ramos is confronting you now. Well, Mrs. San, what do you have to say? So, Agent Lewis did send me out, but I got a call from my brother in the middle of it, so I ended up checking on him instead. Uh, you're gonna need to roll deception. <laughs> Shit. Lie well! <laughs> I just added points to that, though, right? You did. Okay. 11 plus 8 is... 19. That. Ramos puts his tablet on the table and wraps his fingers on the desk a few times. Mrs. San, I've been in this business long enough to know when someone's lying to me. Ooh. I just poker face keep waiting for him to continue. Do you wish to continue your training and continue becoming an agent? Yes, sir. Is being a part of Union important to you? Definitely. And he looks off for a moment and then looks back at you. I'm going to have you go home for the day. 
and really consider this and how important you said it was to you. And I want to see you bright and early at 9 a.m. tomorrow. For sure. I'll be there. All right. And he snaps a salute at you. And I salute back. And I guess you head out, or what are you doing? And then I sort of, like, immediately bolt out because I'm hella embarrassed. Oh, wow, you didn't even stick around to see what happens to Lewis. No. <laughs> well, Yardak, so it takes you, you get there about a half hour later after all this went down. Mm-hmm. So you get into Echo Base and you head up to Lewis's uh, office. And when you get in, he is actually turning off the lights and, like, closing the door. Oh, yikes. Did he get sent home, too? <laughs> <laughs> what time is this? It was, like, not even 2 o'clock. It's, like, one thirty ish Yeah, getting close to 2. So, yeah, he's, like, he, he kind of is startled when you show up, and, and he says, Yardak, wait, what? Yeah, uh, remember we, I said I was going to give you uh, information about uh, Wagner and the pills and everything? And he puts his hand on his head, and he kind of runs his fingers through his hair, and, like, uh, uses his thumb to kind of, like, pick at his uh, eye scar. Mm. And he's like, I I totally forgot a lot's happened. Oh? And he reopens the door here, and he flicks the lights on. Come, come on in, come on in. Just some uh, some administrative problems. Uh, nothing to worry about. Oh, doesn't sound like a good time for you, though. Not really, no. Other than that, everything uh, A-okay here? <laughs> it's, it's fine, Yardek. What's going on? What do you need to tell me about? Well, I was doing some research at the library, and I found out that Wagner's company is the owner of uh, Red Crystal International, and it seems a, a bit too coincidental to me, and I, didn't, I wanted to see if you could maybe help poke around a little bit. I mean, I'll look into it, but Yardak, like, I know we dealt with Red Crystal International, I mean, it was like a couple months ago with the whole, you know, with Brigand stealing from them, but like, we don't have any evidence, other than apparently they keep dangerously high-tech under the guard of college kids uh other than that like we haven't discovered anything about them yeah i know it's a very flimsy and loose thread but sometimes the loose thread is the one you want to pick at all right understood i'll uh i'll definitely put that in a file i'll pass it along to ramos and see what he has to say about it there's not a lot of coincidences in this business so i appreciate the diligence i do what i can i'm trying to keep as many of these people not having powers at minimum. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll definitely make sure to pass it along. I guess, did you hear about Hughes? No, what happened? They had to let her out, basically. For what reason? Yeah, her lawyers just, uh, you know, when they found out that we were holding her, pressed about, you know, Fourth Amendment violations and Eighth Amendment violations that we, should, we couldn't be holding her without, you know, due process. And... She had the resources to to fight on it, so I guess just they had to let her go. Uh, so another rich person getting off scot-free, huh? Lewis closes his eyes and nods and goes, yeah, exactly. I mean, Markovic tried to, tried to fight it on his end, but just, you know, someone at that high a level, it draws a lot of attention. Maybe that's the uh, exact kind of thing that we need Adrian and Wagner to experience then keep them in the public eye and then it'll be a lot harder for them to hide stuff in the shadows. Lewis actually like balls a fist, lets the tension release and says, I think that's why Bullard wants you to continue the investigation. Yeah. With everything Bullard and I went through that day, just the thought of people getting these powers, uh, it's just entirely too frightening. And if she has the faith that I can somehow bring this to an end, then you know what? I'm damn well going to try. 
Chapter 13, Step Up, Part 5 Masks and Mayhem uses Mutants and Masterminds 3rd Edition by Green Ronin Press. We are not affiliated. The show is written, produced, and given a library card by myself, R.C. Byler. You can subscribe to Masks and Mayhem for free, forever, on all major podcast platforms. If you use Podcast Republic, please leave us a review. This week's Intel Drop was brought to you by Pope Brandon Brownson. Follow us on Twitter at MayhemCast and leave us some feedback with the MayhemCast hashtag. You might even show up as an NPC if you do. Our official art is by Jen Evans and our branding is by AJ Solomon. Our theme music is by Cloud Road Music. Additional music credits, social media links, blog posts, and episodes can be found on our website at masksandmayhem.com.